Welcome to Once Upon a Disney, an analytical yet fun-loving look at Disney narrative filmography from the 20th century and beyond. I'm Andy Redwine, and with me, as always, is my co-host who knows the difference between opening a bank account and opening a safe, Larry Brenner. How are you, Larry? I'm doing well. I feel like this movie does a good job of justifying why Scrooge McDuck keeps all of his money in a bin, because you can't trust the bank system. I, someone comes and robs it. Well, I mean, you're, you're out of luck. That's just you know, how it that, is. In this in this time period, the banks are the railroads. The railroads are the banks. I mean, you don't really know who's what, where. It's just swim it's wild. in gold coins. <laughs> That's right. It's he, if you he is right have to that do opportunity, this. you should do that because oh, for know, sure. Oh, yes, for sure. Because that is certain. That is certain. What movie are we doing today, Larry? Today we are doing The Apple Dumpling Gang Rides Again, the sequel that I guess somebody (laughs) asked for, but it wasn't me. (laughs) Well, this movie is a sequel, uh, of course, to a movie we've already covered, The Apple Dumpling Gang. Uh, It releases in the summer of 1979. I, I think the reason we're seeing this is because Tim Conway and Don Knotts are really at the height of their careers at this point. And the duo is, you know, pretty phenomenal. So they are that's why we're seeing it. Hilarious. Yeah. I think they yes. are very funny. They are for sure the best parts of this movie. Right. But I believe, and and you can correct me if I'm wrong, if you're doing a movie called The Apple Dumpling Gang Rides Again, maybe the Apple Dumpling Gang should be in it. They were not the Apple Dumpling Gang. Right. As we talked about in our initial uh, look at that movie. So you ready to get in some key facts? Oh, please. Please. <laughs> okay. Let's do it. All right. So this movie, The Apple Dumpling Gang Rides Again, was shot in Utah at Cannab Creek. So Cannab is in the southern part of Utah. And there's an actual movie fort built there. And there are dozens, I, maybe even hundreds of Westerns that have been shot there since 1924. So like 100 years of shooting there, starting with, uh, there's a movie called Deadwood Coach starring Tom Mix. So we're talking like old Westerns. Uh, other notable pieces that were shot in this area include Stagecoach from 1939 my Friend Flicka from 1943. Oh, My Friend Flicka. I know. Uh, the Lone Ranger series in 1956. Gunsmoke is shot here. Planet of the Apes in 1968. And again, oh, wow. again in 2001. And then the Outlaw Josie Wales from 1976. So locals refer to this area as Little Hollywood or Utah's Little Hollywood because of all of this rich movie history. Okay. So there's that. Uh, The train scenes are shot on the Sierra Railway in and around Jamestown and Sonora, California, which at the time was a bit of a theme park called Railtown 1897. Uh, Oh, boy. I know. Well, so as a kid, I have to tell you, Larry, like as a kid, I was like all about locomotive trains. And Anytime there was one that was coming in our area, it was like a big deal. Like in the 70s and the Midwest, you'd see a locomotive. And so most of the, I, I had to be there. So most of the trains had all been converted from steam to diesel by that time. But this is where a lot of railroad movies and TV are made, including Back to the Future 3 and a lot of the train scenes from Little House on the Prairie. 
So wow. just say, if it looks familiar to you, that's why. Um, so prior to the movie's release, the Apple Dumpling Gang Rides Again was released as a Disney syndicated comic strip. Okay. Yes. So like you'd open up the funny papers and there would be like, oh, there's this new thing called the Apple Dumpling Gang Rides Again. This is cool. And so it was a way for Disney to kind of pre-sell the movie because kids would be reading about it in the funny papers and then they would uh, they'd go to the movie. Always be marketing. Always, Always be, marketing. be marketing. That's right. So Tim Conway, as we mentioned before, Tim Conway and Dodd Knotts were working on lots of projects in 1979, including a movie called The Prize Fighter, which is not Disney, and a, a sketch comedy show called The Tim Conway Show. Uh, between Apple Dumpling Gang movies, they'd been in another Disney movie together called Gus, which we have, we ought to cover Gus on this program, maybe. Um, sure. In... This, well, in in a movie review from the New York Times in uh, August 31st of 79, Vincent Canby notes the Apple Dumpling Gang is sort of a sequel, sort of, but it's it's really more about Knotts and Conway. And I thought this was a good quote, so I'll I'll read it to you. Oh, please, please. The veteran actor Harry Morgan has some nice moments as the commandant of a frontier fort that Mr. Knotts and Mr. Conway accidentally burned down as they are attempting to serve fruit punch. It's to the movie's credit that at the time this happens, it seems absolutely logical. <laughs> I that's one that's probably for me the best scene in the whole movie. Oh, 100 percent Yeah. And I think that he yeah, I I agree. And so, but Variety magazine made the claim that the film quote, lurches from one set piece to another in a fashion that makes its 88-minute running time seem much longer. No lies detected. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Uh, Screenwriter Don Tate was under contract to Disney, and he writes four of the six new movies Walt Disney Productions releases in 79 to 80. The uh, North Avenue Irregulars, The Unidentified Flying Oddball, love that movie, uh, the Apple Dumpling Gang rides again, and Herbie goes bananas. Ooh, we need to do another Herbie movie sometime. We, we do, we do. Uh, Tate told the LA Times, I don't think the Disney movie is as easy to write as some people think. It's a really good idea for writers to be inside the studio. So many people try to come in and write down to the Disney audience and fail when they try. When I write one of these scripts, I write to entertain myself, and I frequently do. All right. So <laughs> but, I, I, in theory, agree with that quote, that you mm-hmm. don't write down because you're, you're working for kids. Right. But I, I don't know that I would want that quote to be the reason for this movie. I don't think this movie <laughs> proves that quote true. Okay, I agree with you. Uh, he also wasn't a huge fan of the Disney product before he began writing for the studio. I mean, he says that in this in this article, uh, but he also said in the interview that he requi- acquired a lot of respect for the craftsmanship that goes into Disney movies. And I think that if we look at this movie in terms of what it took to make this, in terms of physicality, in terms of um, stunts, in terms of uh, just general shtick, I think... There's a lot that goes into this. The film, clown work sure. in this movie 
is, is phenomenal. Amazing. It's yes. impressive. Yes. And if if you can approach this movie as I'm going to the circus and I want to see some good physical comedy. Yes. And I'm not going to ask questions about things like plot, structure, character arcs, <laughs> or structure, or investment or emotionally in anything that is happening even <laughs> That's remotely. Right. That's right. You can have a good time mm-hmm. with parts of this movie. I, I, it is, it, it's not it's the worst like, thing we've done. When we talked about 102 Dalmatians and we talked about every time Glenn Close is on screen, you are like riveted because she's so good. I would make the same argument for when you see Amos Tucker and Theodore Ogilvie in Conway and Knotts, I'm all in and the rest of it you can have. And why ever leave them? Why exactly. ever leave yes. them? Yes, because the energy of the movie absolutely falls. Like when they are off the screen, the energy's done. It's gone. Yep. It's shot. Yep. It's uh, agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we start tackling plot, uh, this is our yes. first time in season six <laughs> where we've gotten to do everybody's uh, favorite feature, uh, racist roundup. Yeah. I don't even know where to begin on this one. Guys, if you watch this movie and you can see the depictions of Native Americans in this movie uh, and and not be like, wait, there's something racist about it. Yeah, it's super, super racist. It is unnecessary to the plot at all. It's not funny. The idea that like the Native American. The Native Americans and the Frontiers people have been at peace, but um, Theodore and Amos are, you know, by by accidentally kind of sort of on purpose swindling them of a couple of blankets are able to rile up the entire tribe to uh. attack a train in the most stereotypical form possible using the most stereotypic typical language possible. Mm. It is all Yuck, 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 yuck. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't understand this because the Davy Crockett movies, which were decades earlier. This is also in my notes. Were so much more progressive. This is like a step backwards towards Peter Pan. And I don't understand why we're taking this step backwards. Yeah, or maybe a step backwards towards other uh, films that Don Tate has worked on and and TV shows that he's worked on in the past. I mean, this is a guy who has written a lot of Western uh, genre television, and that's how it feels to me. Um, You have comic relief in a movie with Don Knotts and Tim Conway. You do not need to like be like, well, is it going to be funny enough? I know racism. You don't, you don't need to do that would render the movie completely unwatchable by today's standards. Speaking of making the movie completely unwatchable by today's standards, we might want to talk about misogynist minute. (laughs) There's some great feature. <laughs> if we're going to do racist roundup, we probably ought to do misogynist minute. Yeah, let's do this it. This movie uh, does uh, has a, a romance in there, which is odd. Um, I mean, it's it defies story logic as to why she's even there to begin with. And we'll talk about that in a little while. But the idea that someone can abuse a woman 
treat her badly, and then say, but it's because he likes you. And all of a sudden she softens and wants to be with this character is just awful. Uh, I mean, there is that forced kiss, um, which is supposed to be romantic. Um, I mean, he essentially abducts her. And then once he abducts her, forces her to do work in his case. This is a subplot. And it is intended to be like we're making it sound very dark because it is very dark. But the movie doesn't know it's really dark. The movie thinks it's a romance. And and it is. A million times yuck. Like this, ha-ha, we're going to make this woman seem like she's she's kind of uppity, so we want to take her down a peg or two by making her do some hard work, and then she'll realize who she... It is gross. Gross. It comes from the philosophy that women don't really know what they want, and that, like, alpha, alpha manly men... Uh, can can win over just about anyone, even a woman who's engaged to somebody else to be married. Um, like 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 <laughs> he he can see the connection when when she clearly cannot. Oh. Uh, and listen, there's there's not a problem with having romance in this movie, I guess, in theory. But but this sort of romance, no, thank you. No, no, thank you. No. Okay, right. <laughs> so if we can put aside all of the racism and all of the misogyny, good news, you still don't have a good movie, but let's break it down in terms of why you don't. That's right. That's right. Okay, because <laughs> ultimately those two things are big problems, but they're not the only problems. Right. So let's let's break it down in terms of structure. And we begin, as we usually do with the Manish Tana, uh, where the movie starts starts us off and i'm gonna say and and you know every once in a while andy i i get the manish a little bit wrong my memory betrays me a little bit but mm-hmm. as i recall we begin on you know theodore and amos riding the donkey heading into town they give a few lines about how uh they've left the farm mm-hmm. that they were that they were working at going to work at at the end of the movie where the kids and Dusty and and whatever his name was, I don't remember. Um, Bill, Bill Bixby, right. Yeah, yeah. Where, where they were all living happily there. They're like, well, we've left those characters behind. We have some money. We're going into town and we're going to we're going to find our fortune. We're going to make our we're going to make our mark. But they're going to go and, straight, right? I mean, they're they're, gonna that's, go, and they're going to yes. do it straight. They have learned something from the last movie. Yeah. What they've learned is there like crime doesn't pay. Right. And they come into town with a considerable amount of money. They have mm-hmm. been successful at the farm. Right. Well, and, and, and that is just when the credits roll, right? We have right. Amos and Theodore just as the credits roll. And then we have a wagon on fire, right? Sure. So there's so- this, yeah, there's this weird prologue in there, right? Uh, where this wagon's on fire, there's a fort, supplies are being stolen, the fort's not secure, and of course it's the, you know, Native Americans who are the the uh, suspects immediately. In theory, and, yes. In theory, and it's it's the this fort is clearly though uh, has has no security, has a breach. There's a big problem. But so. if you're wondering how that's going to affect Amos and Theodore. 
good question because they're not there. That's not where no. they, that's not where they are. So They've it's completely in- disconnected. The prologue is completely disconnected. It's and it's not a prologue where we're seeing the antagonist. Really, I mean, no. maybe you could make that when you see the twist at the end. Maybe you could say that you're seeing the antagonist in there, but this isn't. It's just almost like an expository prologue. It, it I, I don't understand connect. the thinking here connect. because yeah. because on the one hand we are here to see the Apple Dumpling Gang ride right. again, and even though they're not the Apple Dumpling Gang, and I need to stop making this point. Um, these are the characters we remember from the Apple Dumpling Gang. That's right. what we're interested in. That somewhere in the country there is this unrelated fort thing going on. In my in my head, I'm not trying to connect those two things because there is no way to connect those two things. Right. If if Amos and Theodore were heading to the fort because they wanted to enlist and serve their country. Then I could draw a co- a connection between those things. You'd you'd need a character being like, we lost a lot of men in that in that attack, sir. We need whoever we can get. And then we right. see Amos and Theodore show up. Then there's a straight line between those things. Right. Amos and Theodore are not going to arrive on that at that fort until about forty five minutes into this movie, mm-hmm. uh, and we won't see it again for a while. To the point where, when we got to the fort, I was like, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, there was a fort. a fort. That's right. But it really seems like there's a disconnect because it just, it seems really cut cut and pasted. Um, and, and the problem and here is the plot of this movie, what's going on between the forces of good and evil, are not Amos and Theodore's story. Correct. They are, they are disconnected. Um, and... They shouldn't be disconnected in this way. No. Eventually, Amos and Theodore are going to intersect with this plot, but they're never really going to they're, they're never really going to engage with it. They're 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 treated like they're secondary characters yes. in a movie which puts them front and center. Right, and and it's just wrong. It's just yes. wrong to do it this way. Agree. So. Can we talk about the inciting incident for a minute? Yeah, please. So so what would you say is the inciting incident of this movie? Well, Amos and Theodore are suspected of a robbery after they've tried to go straight. And and that's really the dramatic question I think I want answered, Larry. Can these two really make it as straight arrows, right? Um And the fact that there are these things happening to them that make them look as if they're bank robbers is pretty funny. So there's this initial conflict that's set up between Marshall Hitchcock, who's the sheriff, I guess, or the marshal, and Amos and Theodore. And that's the conflict I care most about. Sure, it's the best conflict in this movie. It is the best conflict in this movie and everything else. And this movie would have been so much better served if we had just stuck stuck with that yeah as the primary and the question is can they make it as straight arrows and are they going to be exonerated as bank robbers but here is here is the other part of that so usually in in the inciting in the inciting incident a character does something makes a choice that sets them on a path Mm -hmm. theodore and amos like yes they're buffoonish and yes they make a lot of mistakes they the movie treats them trying to be a part of society as if it's a transgression. 
These two need to be kept away from civilization. <laughs> they ought not be here. This is right. like this is like why are there um why are there horses running through Miami, Florida? Horses shouldn't be running through Miami, Florida. Right. Why is that polar bear running 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 around the street? It it treats it like that. But in actuality, they, what they have done is entirely reasonable. They've made money. They spent some money to get a picture of themselves, which is an indulgence. But and why not? Hilarious they, they spend your money how you want. Yes. And then they decide to take the rest of the money and put it in a bank. And because they do that, they end up being framed as bank robbers. Right. And I will say this. That's not really about them as people. Anyone who walked into that bank would have been framed. They didn't do anything wrong to cause themselves to be framed in this way. They show up at the wrong time at the wrong moment because the universe hates them, Andy. The universe yeah. just <laughs> hates them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. I, the question is, can they make it, though? The way I mean, and it is very... Like the back and forth between them and the donkey and getting... Uh, it is very fun stuff. Um, but, and maybe the question, maybe the dramatic question is a little different. Can society see them as people who are, who make meaningful contributions? Maybe well, that's the so question. So then the other part of this is they start a feud with wild, uh, I want to say wild, that's not wild. It's Wooly, Wooly Bill Hitchcock. Wooly Bill not Hitchcock. Wild Bill Hitchcock. Completely different guy. This is Wooly, <laughs> Wooly, Wooly Bill, Bill Hitchcock. Hitchcock. <laughs> yes. And Wooly Bill Hitchcock, by accident, um, you know, they they accidentally disarm him. The, like the gun falls to the floor, the bullet goes bing, bong, 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 bing, and disarms him. Uh. It's the first time he's ever been disarmed in a gunfight. <laughs> and he, 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 he gets beaten by this. And this starts to give them a, a reputation as the apple dumpling gang. Right. Um, and like people are like starting to fear them and what have you. And Andy, the obvious answer to this movie is... When Wooly Bill gets the gunshot out from him, these two are considered to be the the best shots, and they make them the sheriff. Right. Well, I don't know about that, but no. I mean, may, why not? maybe, maybe. I mean, that could that could happen. I mean, that's a possibility. I mean, um, it's a thing that it was immediately what I thought was going to happen. I was like, the the sheriff has been disarmed. There are bad guys who just robbed the bank. What you, you say, like, we know the two of you are framed, but you're the most amazing shots we've ever seen. Uh, we're going to make you guys the good guys. We're going to put you in white hats and we're going to send you off to beat the bad guys. In other uh, words, that, I mean, that would be that, that's interesting. All right. That's an interesting fix. That's where I thought this was going. Because ah. because the other because because here's the thing, Andy, not only are they not the apple dumpling gang, they yeah. also don't ride again. They don't ride once. <laughs> Well, I mean, they're on the donkey. The only part of this movie that's true is the word the. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that's that more interesting movie. That more interesting yes. movie is not what happens. That's not what happens. No, no. Unfortunately. So, so then because the bad guys accidentally loaded up uh, the mule, their mule, with uh, money. Mm -hmm. It does, in fact, look like the Yodora and Emus have helped in robbing the bank. 
Theonor and Amos try to return the money because they don't they didn't they, they don't want trouble it. they don't want they trouble. don't That's want right. trouble they're trying to go straight but that right. gets them in woolly bill's sight again mm-hmm. and it just keeps escalating like this they eventually decide they have to flee town and at minute 45 they arrive at the fort where because they arrived in alcohol they're drunk and while they're drunk they're forced to sign up for the army um and now they've finally gotten to where our plot is, where our story is actually happening. I Andy. mean, I, what if they had been draft? I mean, like, what if there had been a draft in town and they were looking for able-bodied people and that's how they escaped? I mean, I think we could have just, there's like 20, 25 minutes of this movie that before we get to that 45 minute mark that I'm just like, come on. I really wish something would happen besides. I mean, it's funny. There are clown moments, right? It, it's the clown moments are great. Like that's yes. what kept me going through this. Yes. This was not a movie that I slept through. No, because the clown moments kept me awake for it. Yes. But the truth of the matter is, there is so many easy. If you want to do a fort story, and I mm-hmm. don't know that you need to. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you have to. But if that's where your story really is, Start there's the no fort. reason to give us this detour to mm-hmm. this town. There's no, there's no reason for us to be there. They never connect to the characters there. No, we don't care about the people in that town. Well, I mean, the only one Willie they connect Bill. to. Yes, that's the only one they connect to. Right? Is that sheriff? Them, and so, you, so they're 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 at the fort. They have this sheriff after them. They now have this, you know, Major Gaskell who is after them, and. They're just making a mess of all of it. It feels very three stoogy, except for only two stooges, I guess. But, but, but that the bits carry more than the plot. If that makes sense. I mean, sense. that's exactly yeah. it. And and keeping with the three stooges model, uh-huh. you, you have these movies that are sort of like that. The three stooges meet Hercules and whoever. Sure. And what they what they kind of do is they divide up like. Hey, there's the stooge part of this, and then there's the plot part of this. Yes. So whoever they're hanging out with is generally the romantic lead and, and wants to meet the girl and the bad guys out to get them. And the stooges are just kind of in the background stooging it up. And right. I get, and I'm look, I'm not gonna hold those movies up as the model of master craft right. of how you make a screenplay. That's for our other podcast, Once Upon a Stooge. Um <laughs> Right. <laughs> where we analyze the deep writing and thematic <laughs> metaphors inherent in Mo, Larry, and Curly's journey. Don't forget Shen. But, yeah, but yeah. Uh, well, well. Curly, Curly I, Joe. Anyway. Curly Joe, Joe. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I mean, you can, you can do that. But here, this movie doesn't even follow that model because our stooges, if you will, don't know the other characters who are having a subplot. There is this subplot that's going on between this girl who is engaged to marry the second in command at the fort. Her father is the head of the fort. There's this other guy who we think is with the gang, but we will later learn is not actually with the gang, who is attracted to her that she seems to dislike. But of course, disliking a guy is the surest way you are deeply, madly, passionately in love with them. (laughs) And... Our characters 
do not know our, our our heroes. I would say Amos and Theodore do not know these characters. They meet up at the end because even in the Stooge movies, right? Even in the shorts, like they are connected to the people having the B plot. That's exactly it. Yes. Yes. So, so like at one point, like, you know, you'll have Larry and Mo like do like a little bit of dramatic acting where, where Larry will be like, man, that guy is sure in love with her. Exactly. And Mo, Mo, you yeah. Know, Mo'll be like, yeah, too bad. Those kids can't be together. Yeah. And so, you know, like and so they'll do a, that bit. There's the window to, they provide a window into what's going on in the story. And, and our hey, guys don't do that at all. And hey, if the two of the, it's just it's just wrong it right we, we need to get through the plot here because i have to say this also i don't understand the villain's plan here and i understand very well all of the intricacies of the galactic senate of star wars i understand doc brown's time travel speeches from back to the future I'm right. a smart guy, Andy. You are. Help me out here. What are the bad guys trying to do? Why did they rob the bank? What is going on? I mean, I think I think the bank robbers are separate, maybe, from are they? the I think so. I think maybe. Then they then they never got caught. No. It doesn't seem that they did. I thought um, they did. Okay. Did they? Okay. Anyway, maybe they do. I don't know it's very difficult to understand. We know that there's somebody inside the fort who is helping steal supplies and it's getting to the place where, you know, most of what's most of the stuff of the fort is leaving wagons are being stolen, etc. But there has to be somebody on the inside that's making this a problem, right? Um, the person in the, there's a federal, I guess a federal jail that is run by people who are kind of bad, but then there's Big Mac. Yeah. Who seems to be outside the jail. No, he's inside the jail. He's under the jail. They've dug, they've dug a hole. The jail is also a mine. So you're you're if you're at the jail, you're working at the mine, and nobody right. takes attendance at this mine. So it actually turns out Big Mac's this part I understood. Okay. Big Mac is like, hey, this being in prison is the perfect place to mastermind a crime because no one will look for us because we're in prison in a mine underground, and we can right. actually leave whenever we want because it. it's a mine and it's we mine our way out. Okay, that makes sense. But there Does is it? this well, what did I say? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, if you're not going to look for if somebody's committing a crime, the last place you're going to look for them is in jail. Sure. Because you're going to assume it's secure. That actually makes sense. If you have uh, and, and, and again, the sheriff that Wooly Bill Hitchcock, he is separate and apart from this thing, yeah. which is stuff getting stolen from the fort. It seems to be. Yes. And I'm going to try to connect these these threads. Tell okay. me if I'm right or wrong here. All right. Big Mac is one of our villains. Yes. His plan is I want to I want to rob the train and I'm using the jail 
as my base of operations. Right. The other villain is Lieutenant Ravencroft, who wants Mm -hmm. a promotion, but also wants money. And so he's been sabotaging the fort because then the fort can't stop the train from being robbed. There's just so... But he's in... But Jim Ravencroft is in cahoots with Big Mac. Yeah, they're working together, but they're both villains of this piece, and they have come up with the world's most complicated plan. There are so many moving parts here. Yeah. And and I I came here I came here to see like Don Knotts and Tim Conway be Exactly. Goofy. That's exactly the point. I mean, who are we paying to see? There there are there are too many characters in this movie. And I think I think the idea was to make a movie that has a little something for everybody in the family, but the story is getting completely lost when that's the guiding light, right? So Amos and Theodore then have to kind of expose Big Mac. They but they have don't intentionally to. do it. No, they're just accidentally getting thrown wherever the wherever the movie's throwing them. Yes, they do, they're not making they're not making active choices that are blowing up in their faces. This and is I why think I'm that would be so much better. They should be the sheriff. This should be the case they're assigned to do. Yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do one other thing here. Yeah. You want to have a romance in this movie? Do a romance, but make it Don Knotts in love. And like that Don Knotts meets yeah, Billy and yeah. he's like, he's like, well, golly, she's the most beautiful person. And he has no idea what he looks like, a la his character, uh, Mr. Mr. Furley from Three's Company. And right. he'll go and hit on her. And and like, and he's trying to do it. And maybe Theodore gets a little jealous. Uh, um Yes. No, I'm sorry. Amos gets a Amos little jealous of right, Theodore, right, right. right? Because like she's like you know breaking up breaking up their duo a little bit, but yeah. like let's let's get the comedy of a, a love triangle and put Don Knotts at the center Absolutely. of that love triangle. Absolutely, that would that and would. He's got to pro- make him save the girl. Heck, let him get the girl at the but, end of the movie. Okay, so this movie feels like a who's who of popular '70s actors. And like, this is the era of the love boat. So this is a thing, you know, you'll go to see a movie and it's, you know, 89 different of your favorite stars in a movie, right? Um, I, I, that said, that Tim Matheson's character, he doesn't need to be there at all. No, not at all. And I, 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 I think even if it's a conflict between the sheriff and Amos and, and Theodore, that makes sense. Sure. Story-wise, I'm not sure why Millie is at a dangerous fort. Well, she's there sh- to meet her fiance. But and her why dad, would who- maybe? But why if if the fort is under siege and there's all this problem, it's to the point where Washington's involved, and you know why are they are they allowing this woman who seems to be kind of helpless to be in this in this space? It doesn't make I sense to me. You. It doesn't make sense to me. It's just like it's there's no logic for her to be there. So she she's not really doing anything except for I don't know. Gosh, this is so bad. No, and I, I mean nobody to, has anything yeah. to do in this movie. They're just like they're just like this is like one of Disney's nature documentaries. What if we throw a bunch of celebrities onto into this fort? <laughs> Let's just see what happens. 
Let yeah, and, see then, what and, and then I mean, and you have some weird characters too, right? You've got like Ruth Buzzy and some really bad makeup as an old an old woman, and you have uh, she doesn't make any sense. Like she is, she is inconsistent. She she was a hoot. I thought she oh, was yeah. funny. Oh yeah. But like at the one hand, on the one hand, she's really upset that the bank is being robbed. She's the only one who sees it. Right. But then when when um, Wooly Bill Hitchcock gets disarmed by accident, she's like jumping for joy and like doing cartwheels. She's so happy that the sheriff got disarmed. She she's she she's and, and we as yeah just go ahead. desperate to be at the center of the story. Yes. And you know what? Make her fall in love with Amos or Theodore. Yes. Yes. User. You, you got Yeah. User. Yeah. She's so much more compelling as a, I mean, I love weird characters in the movie, but she's so sure. much more compelling than Millie. Um, She's so much more interesting than. She brings energy to this movie. You don't she's need. She's only in it for like seven minutes, but she's great. Yeah. You don't need Tim Matheson. And I love Tim Matheson. You don't sure. need uh the blind cabin widow. What? Mark, I don't know. Okay, so there's this. Um, if you have not seen this movie, you're gonna want to see this movie. No, you're not. The- we, we have not sold this. We have <laughs> just, not sold this. <laughs> just for this reason, you should see this movie. So um when, when, when Tim Matheson's character, uh Private Jeff Reed, when he kidnaps Millie Gaskell, which is weird. Um, as all heroes do. As all yeah. He kidnaps her and takes her to this woman's place who is blind and lives in a cabin. And I'm not really sure what that's all about. And somehow. But even though she's blind, she can see matters of the heart. Right. Yes. I mean, that is supposed to be that. That that is (laughs) the the thing that we're supposed to see. It is a magical blindness that allows her to see the fact that these two characters are in love. And I'm going to say, I don't see it. She's wrong. <laughs> she she's Sorry. like she's like got this knowing look like, oh, you guys are talking like you hate each other. You act like you're upset that you got kidnapped oh. and forced to do do all the chores in the house, but I can tell you really love him. And and, then, and, and, and Larry and I are texting each other, friends, while we're watching this, going, Is she is she supposed to be blind? Is she supposed to be blind? Because she never turns her head when anyone's it's talking. As if, it's as if she can't tell where sound is coming from. <laughs> she can hear. <laughs> but because she's blind, she doesn't feel the need to like point herself in the direction of the person that it's and look, folks, it's I am, bad. It's bad. I am happy for representation yes. in movies. I but like ha- let's that, make that it, is can we make it believable representation? That would be helpful. I, yes. Yes. Okay. All right. So I'm sorry yep. to hijack your 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 plot. Well, there is no plot to this movie. <laughs> but maybe so a the, climax, the, maybe? The the plot so what what maybe there's a climax. Okay. Maybe there is. And it seems to be that the climax is that um the the train is being robbed. Amos and Theodore are on the train. Mm-hmm. Our lovers are on the train. Yeah. The native the Native Americans are chasing the train. Uh every everything's converging on this. We learn really late in the movie that in fact, um, what's his name? Jeff Reed 
is actually a federal agent yeah. and has been pretending to be with the gang to catch them in the act. Right. Although I will point out, Andy, that all he needs to know is these people are already in the prison. You don't have to wait for them to break out of prison to stop them. You just say this gang is in the prison. Let's <laughs> seal up the mine and not let them rob the train. Uh, right. Correct. But, but he needs to catch them in the act so they can go back to that prison, I guess. I guess. So and and Yeah. And so he he single-handedly uh pull, you know, like stops the train robbery. Right. Um and at the last possible second, Amos and Theodore give him a little bit of accidental support that makes it look like maybe they were secret secretly federal agents as well. Mm-hmm. Um or, or that they were in on it and everything they had done was a cover to help him. And they're not going to get in trouble. Everyone else is going to get in trouble. The Native Americans are appeased because they get their blankets back because they were willing to die for those blankets. Um, And when they leave the movie, I sighed because I was glad that they were gone. Um, (laughs) For their their sakes and all of ours. Yes. For for the, yes. Uh, (laughs) They had representation there for sure. And, but horrifying. Now, obviously, since um, what's her face, (laughs) Millie was engaged to to one of our bad guys that that's broken off. And we get the sense that she's going to be uh, with Jeff. Not that I care. No. And everything seems to be wrapped up in a tight little bow. Mm-hmm. But then we get to the falling action and the falling action upset me, Andy. And I'm wondering if it upset you too. Well, at, at yeah, the they, end of, yeah, at the end of the movie, Amos and Theodore are back on their on their mule or their donkey or whatever it is. I'm I'm not a zoologist, you guys. Um, and they are headed back to Dusty's farm. To, and they're like, I hope they'll put up dinner. I could go for some of Dusty's apple pie. Uh, the kids will be happy to see us because I guess what they've learned is there's no place for them in this world. Uh, they, yeah, they, they should they not. Can't, they be can't allowed. be heroes. They shouldn't be allowed off the. The farm, right? They're, they're, they just need to be kept in their place. Um, they dreamed too big. The, the idea of earning money and putting it in the bank was was Icarus flying too close to the sun for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I guess for the rest of their lives, that's just how it's going to be. They're going to work at the farm. Um, and I was mad. I was mad. Yeah, like I... It doesn't give them their due, does it? I, I think I think there's this belief that, I mean, I don't know that this is true, but I think there's this belief that we can't make uh, Conway or not a love interest because they're not pretty enough, right? I think there's this belief that they can't, if they're going to bumble around, then we can't give them an important job, right? We can't make them heroes that save the day. That would be... Um, that'd be too, too much. So we just have to have them bumble around and while the but real romance story happens. can be so funny. Absolutely. 100%. Here's how I do it. Yeah. Here's how I do it. Okay. So Don Knotts is in love with Millie. Uh-huh. Uh, but I would say old, old tough Kate is in love with Don Knotts. 
But then I'd go one step further and I'd make Tim Tim Conway in love with old tough Kate. And and like it's 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 Falstaff in love. It's right. it's the Merry Wives of Windsor. Yeah. It's these wacky star crossed things and we get all the comedy out of like they're trying to be leading men in a world in which they're comic reliefs. Yeah. And that's what this movie should be. They should be the sheriff. They should be the leading man. It should be ridiculous. But the, and, and like, how long can they keep that ruse up? How long can they, there should be someone who's onto them and thinks they're not exactly who they say that they are. And at the end of the movie, they should be rewarded because ultimately their hearts are pure. Yeah. And they were doing the right thing. So, so in this, so initially when I thought they, they were like going to be suspected of the bank robbery, I really thought, you know, cause the, I thought the temptation of thinking there's all this money on our donkey, we've got it. We're finally bank robbers. I thought they would try to do that and then sure. go try to go straight, you know, and then be like, you know, conflicted about it because they really, they'd had this experience with Dusty and the kids and they really wanted to be better people. And so I, you know, do that. Would have been the, more interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Ultimately, they failed I, to establish. And it's, yeah, and so the climax, I mean, one of the things that we've talked about in, in this is that the climax of our films um, have, uh, the, the climax has to be something where our protagonist fights the powers of evil and win, right? If there's a showdown, the problem here with this climax is that Jeff Reed is the one who nabs Jim Ravencroft and not, you know, Amos and Theodore, who should really be the ones doing it. And we don't even get an emotional climax. We should also in this movie have Amos and Theodore have a big fight. They separate. Yes. And then they come back together because the only people they can trust is each other. Right. But but their relationship is really unchallenged throughout the movie as well. They have nothing to overcome. Stuff happens to them, mm-hmm. um, but they are unchanged from the beginning to the end of the movie. They have established no relationships with any characters in this movie right. other than Wooly Bill. Um, and honestly, if Wooly Bill became the third member of the Apple Dumpling Gang, then it would have been worth the whole ride. Yes. Okay, you just stole my pitch. That was oh, I'm my sorry. pitch. <laughs> that's okay. No, it's I think that's it. I think that the marshal uh should, you know, make them I mean, he should deputize them and make them part of his, you know, part of what what he's, what he's you know, whatever make mission them he's after. Infiltrate the gang. Yeah. They suddenly yes. got a rep, so they're going to yeah. sell themselves and go in there. They're they're being they're, they're going to be wearing a wire. There are no yeah. wires in the old. Right. I know. Exactly. But like that that sort of thing that they're going to be used. Like they end up getting because they've got this reputation. They end up being used to try to bring down the gang. Something. Yeah. Something. Yeah. The pieces. I mean, this is the thing. Spi- I mean, if they were spies for the for the gang, that would you know to infiltrate that that would be hilarious. Ultimately, at the end of the day, the pieces – I get so mad at movies when the pieces are all there to be a good movie. Yeah, And the pieces are here to be a movie. I mean – It really it really. There is. are incredible – I mean, I, like, we won't go through each one, but there is inc- there, there are incredible actors in Tim Conway, Don Knotts, Tim Matheson, 
Kenneth Mars, Harry right. Morgan. I mean, Robert Pine. You have Ruth Buzzy, right? Jack Elam. You have some of the best characters and some, I, I mean, you have some of the best anything. I mean, they're amazing and they have literally nothing to do. Yeah. I mean, I think Kenneth Mars, uh, when he emerges and and continually is this marshal who's continually beat up, that's really funny. The he's bits great. are funny. Oh my gosh, he's hilarious. And I'm and again, so I saw this movie in 1979. I saw it with my dad. My brother had just been born. He took me to the movies to see this movie. And what I remember is the clowning. I don't remember the plot. All I could tell you was I laughed and laughed and laughed. I remember Conway and Knott's like spinning around on the wheels. I remember them accidentally burning down the fort. I remember, you know, uh, I remember all of that. I remembered nothing about the plot or any of the rest of it. Yeah. I mean, I was a, I was a little kid, but still. Um, this This, so much more could have been done. Agreed. Uh, I feel like we've done a lot of the talking about characters here. I, we have. I do, I do want to bring up one little grievance, if sure. I may. And of course. Maybe, maybe you don't think it's as big a deal as I do. Yeah. But um, so we have Harry Morgan playing Colonel Gaskell, who is uh, running the fort. Right. And I have to tell you, this really bothered me. Harry Morgan was a character in the original Apple Dumpling Gang. Yes, he was he Homer was the, McCoy in the last movie. That's right. He was the sheriff slash judge, judge right. slash mayor slash barber. Um, he was like everything. But Larry, none of, not, Larry, none of that matters now because we're supposed to think of him as the colonel in MASH. But I, <laughs> but but here here's the thing: know, you can't you can't just put him in another role and pretend I won't recognize him. Right. And right. why look? Do I think we need to have that character come back? I don't I don't know that we do, but we could since we have the actor. Why are why are we br- there are why so is many it a diff- why is it a different town? If you're going to use the town, why is the town so different? And why do they not notice Amos and Theodore? Cuz oh, they should point, know them, my right? My point is this, why not have him be like, "Wait, are you Amos and Theodore? My brother?" told me about you boys. Weren't you the switch hatch knife gang or whatever exactly. it was, the hatch there knife it gang, whatever they were. Yes. Um, and like, and he's like, and, and so that we can build off of that relationship a little bit as it is. They're treating him like he's in a serious movie. This is a right. military man whose career is in danger. He's given his best for the cut. Co- like it's a different movie. He's just yeah. in a different movie. Yeah. And he doesn't uh, ever get to really interact in any real way with Amos and Theodore. I can't imagine. Him. I can't imagine being a director being handed this mess. Uh, no. Okay, here's who you have to cast, and you're like, okay, and you, how do you how do you do that? I mean, mm. well, I have I have a good thing to say about this movie. Andy. Okay, yes, they do not bother to set up a trilogy. This is it. <laughs> this is There's no return of the Apple Dumpling Gang. There's no revenge of the Apple Dumpling Gang. There's no Apple Dumpling Gang yet again, rides yet again. Uh, this, this was it. This yeah. was the end of the yeah. road, partner. 
I mean, and you know, I mean, given the success of like the Herbie movies and and those movies have real through lines in terms of plot, uh, this just I think I think at the end of the day, there are too many characters. It's trying to do too much. Uh, and it doesn't capitalize on the characters they do have. Let the comic characters be the protagonists. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. No. There's nothing wrong with that. If it's a comedy, it's actually smart to do that. Yes. Let them be the heroes. Give Mm -hmm. them the space. Absolutely. Well, pitch time. So given the Apple Dumpling Gang source material, what would we do with it? You stole my pitch. It's okay, though. Um, In that, I would have... Uh, Hitchcock and uh, Conway and Knotts join forces. Uh, I would do a remake of this. Um, I mean, I can't obviously, uh, but if I could, th- they would eventually join forces and take on the uh, and 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 join forces with the for- folks at the fort to to root out evil wherever wherever the they are. Yes. And the rewrite you're suggesting is probably the right way to make this movie work. I would mm-hmm. agree with you on that. Yeah. Um, but because I have no interest in seeing this rewritten, <laughs> I, I'm going to do my best to forget this movie. But So what are you going to do with the source material then if you want to erase it I'm, from your memory? <laughs> I'm going to take inspiration from okay. the Three Stooges Meet Hercules. Nice. And I'm going to pitch you the Apple Dumpling Gang meets Davy Crockett. Now, nice. obviously, now, obviously, this is also impossible, right? <laughs> there there correct. needed to be some time travel to get our stars from from the from yes. the Davy Crockett series over here. Right. But in my head, I'm seeing sequences. There's this plot in Davy Crockett and the River Pirates mm-hmm. in which the Native Americans are once a, just like in this movie being framed for crimes they didn't actually commit. Like right. I'm going to make it. And that gang is in a mine, right? Like that they're, they're in a mine. I'm going to say it's the same mine, but what we're going to do is we're going to team Davy Crockett up with Amos and Theodore. <laughs> and Davy is the person who believes that any man, if properly incentivized, can become noble and good and pure of heart. (laughs) And Amos and Theodore want that so much. They want that so much. But Davy's philosophy is put to the test because at the end of the day, everything he tries to do, the two of them screw up and he can't even yell at them. They were trying. Let's let's really put them together and then let's have a sequence with Mike Fink, King of the River. Maybe that's how we meet them, their crew on Mike Fink's King of the River. And like and he's like he's like smacking them around and 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 I don't want them. You take them. Right. I mean that's 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 how I that's how I see this going. I feel like connecting these two properties gives us you want a strong protagonist? Davy Prockett. Davy Crockett, you want some comedy? Apple Dumpling Gang, it's the peanut butter and chocolate of frontier old west stuff. And then we can have Amos and Theodore die at the Alamo alongside Davy. <laughs> no? I think you're too far. Yeah. Too dark? I know. I, it may be okay. I mean, it, it was dark in the beginning, but no, it's good. It's good. I okay, love it. I enough. like it. I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. Well, if you like what you're hearing or you are 
happy that we covered this movie, I guess. <laughs> <Will you do? laughs> yeah, I guess. Will you do us a favor and share this podcast with another Disney or classic movie fan? And if you write a review, we'd be so pleased. You can check us out at www.onceuponadisneypodcast.com. Uh, you can check out our Facebook page. You can drop us a line in our mailbag at onceuponadisneypodcast at gmail.com. And so until next time, friends, see you real soon. See you real soon. <laughs>